You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry. You're very welcome to the show tonight. I hope I find you well. Before we start, I want to say a big happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone out there. I'm delighted to say that my guest this week on Stand Out with me, Ian O'Connell, is Connor Moore. Connor is an impressionist, TV and radio broadcaster who hails from Mullingar in County Westmead but is now making a name for himself across the pond in America. Connor has worked with some of the biggest names out there, from Tiger Woods to Jose Mourinho, just to name a few. Sit back and enjoy the show. Connor, thanks a million for, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Ian, an absolute pleasure, man. Great to finally get chatting to you. I know we've talked over the Instagram and everything else, but uh, this is my first time meeting you in the digital age of the Zoom. Age. So it's a pleasure's all mine, mate. Um, I suppose we'll we'll start away just for for people that haven't heard of you before or haven't seen your videos. Do you want to tell me a bit about yourself growing up? Were you into into GA and stuff? What was the young Connor Moore like? He was bound. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, a normal kid like just living in Mullingar. Um uh grew up big GA background, like all my best mates. I'd say a good 95% of my best mates to this day, like I'm 33, are all from my GA club. Um, you know, you lose kind of friendships with some people you go through life, but your GA club, you, you don't seem to lose any of them. You're always, you're still there and it'll be there for another 20, 30 years. Second family, isn't it? It, re- it really, really is. Um, so I, yeah, it was always like, kind of taking the mick out of football managers and I'd be taking them off in the dressing room and stuff but that was as far as it got like I probably I didn't have the confidence really to do uh, impersonations uh, in front of people and then lo and behold a GA match a couple of years ago we're playing a local team and uh, we're the town team Mullingar Shamrocks and we're playing a team called the Downs and they're like the kind of country team they've got their the well some people would say that we wouldn't have the team spirit because we're a town team that they might have so anyway usually down through the years now in my career, we would have got the better of them. It's not so much like that now, but a couple of years ago, we probably expected to beat them and they were giving us a good hiding in Cusick Park, which is uh, Mullingar's ground and, or Westmead's ground, I should say. And uh, a fight broke out and my uncle was involved in the fight. My cousin was involved. In the fight. Got a, you know, a good old GA bust up. You know what I mean? Nothing too violent or anything. A lot of pushing and shoving and shouting. Handbags, as they say. Handbags. Handbags, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, a few pictures were taken by the local newspaper and it went on the back of the newspaper and sure I was in one picture and my cousin was in the other and my uncle was in another picture and it was a bit of a laugh. And again, it was all pushing and shoving like, but uh, I did a bit of a, a video on it then taking the mick out of fight. And I was doing Jose Mourinho and I was like, I think that was a very special fight. I thought the, the fight was so special. It was the best fight I've ever seen. And then I was doing, um, who else I doing it? I was doing Harry Redknapp and I was like, I mean, that was a disgrace. I mean, it was terrible, absolutely terrible to see that carry on in a GA match. I mean, what is this, the UFC? So I was giving all this, sent it to the lads like, and the boys all loved it. And then one of the lads uh, was like, you got to do that and put it on the internet. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I was trying to kind of, but I was a bit like, yeah, maybe I could, you know. And the next morning then the lads had put that up, but I says, no, no, no who cares outside Mullingar about that fight? Nobody. So what I'll do is I'll use the same characters, but I'll talk about the championship. So I was doing, you know, Joe Brawley and all that, you know, when I was saying it, Carrier, absolutely. They're going to win the championship, but the Gooch, the Gooch is not a man and blah, blah. I was giving it all this, like, and uh, 
the video kind of went a bit viral. Like it got about 60 or 70,000 hits. And I then quit my job a few days later. I was working in Tree at the time. Um, I was selling phones before that. I did, I, I have a degree in finance, but I kind of, the finance bored me a little bit. So I went into sales, started selling things and into that. I actually liked that job, but I was like, all right, I'm going to give this six months and see if people actually like watching these videos. And within four months, I got a job with Joe.ie and that was it. The rest is history. It's mad, isn't it? The way, the way, the way I suppose the internet works and you can post something that can blow up like even over in America, people seeing it. Exactly. Like, for instance, I always say, like, if I didn't have the internet, there's no way I'd be doing this because, like, Mario Rosenstock um, works over on the radio side, obviously, with Communicorp, and he's on uh, Today FM, and he's obviously brilliant at what he does. And then Oliver Collin is brilliant as well, and he works with RTE. And they're the two main kind of, they're the big players in TV and radio in this country and broadcast. So, like, for me to get in without the internet to them, I would have to, like, how do I prove, you know, I can do impressions as good as the lads or whatever yeah. if I don't have a way of showing them, you know what I mean? I could go up and do them for them, but, like, the, the mad thing as well is that you get so much better. Like, if I went up to them four years ago with no internet video and showed them my impersonations, they'd be like, no, 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 you're not that good. And yeah, it's yeah. just the fact that I just threw myself into it, kept doing it and kept practicing, I got a bit better, and people kind of started to like it, and that was it. But that's so true, like, the internet... It's mad, you know, isn't I'd it? I'd pick up my smartphone and say, there's my studio. There's the studio. <laughs> um, I suppose now during COVID and everything, you've, I suppose, like all the the entertainment industry and stuff, you were onto, onto Zoom and and I suppose Zoom, one of the most popular things to come out of the lockdown. I've seen you doing a few interviews with Des Bishop and um, a few golfers on. You had your own golf show there. You've done a few in- internet Zoom calls, interviews and stuff. Were you doing most of your work over Zoom over the last, I suppose, nearly two years? And how did it affect you? Uh, it was, I went to America two years ago to start, the, like like you just said there, I got my, I got a show with the Golf Channel. So it was the Connor Moore show. So obviously I started them um, after doing the GA lads and taking the mic out with Jerlick Nan and Broly and the boys, I moved on to... Uh, Tiger Woods and uh, I, I realized Tiger likes to say the conditions are really tough out there so I did a video of this of Tiger's sayings and Ian Poulter you know and a bit of Rory McIlroy and all the lads and um, the boys gave me a show which I couldn't believe but then I got over there in March I got over there at the end of February I think or the start of March 2020 and obviously everyone knows what happened about two weeks later so I walk into the Golf Channel and I've, there's a studio there and my name is up on the studio wall and I'm like oh my god like I didn't know this was going to be like this. So and surreal. Yeah, yeah, big time, like, you know, extremely humbling and everything. You're like, like, wow, like, you know, you don't, you see these things and you're thinking and all these people are around the room and, you know, you've a director and an assistant director and a producer and a floor manager and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, I was buzzing, couldn't wait to get going and then COVID hit. And then I was living in an apartment in Florida and uh, they, I thought I was going home. I, I literally was started to pack my bags. And one of the guys in the golf channel was like, oh, no, 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 we're going to plow on with this. And I'm like, well, how? And he didn't actually say plow on because that's a very Irish thing to say. He was the Irish like, saying, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I ended up then, they said to me, um, you used to make your videos on your own, didn't you? Like with a green screen and stuff. And I was like, yeah, which like, obviously, I don't know, obviously in the radio, you won't see, but I'm sitting in my room with my green screen behind me. So this is, uh, stood me good over time but um 
they said, yeah, we're going to get you to do the show on your own. And nobody was allowed at the time into anyone's house. So I had to do the camera work, the audio. The hard thing was like, if my mic, obviously, you know, from doing stuff nowadays, if your mic is crackling or anything. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you know, so I didn't know if my mic was crackling. So I could do a whole hour and a half of work talking to the camera or whatever, getting the right take, the right take. And then you go back and the, the, the audio was bad or something. So we had to do it again. So it was so long and drawn out, like, so it, it, it did affect us. It slowed us up big time. But then at the same time, I don't know, like, I would be one of the people that probably benefited a little bit from lockdown. Like, nothing was live. Everything went on the internet. So I got a lot of work just doing internet videos and things like that. And uh, so it didn't, it hasn't had too much of an effect on me. Like, if anything, probably more positives to say about it than negatives, which is, like, obviously... A weird thing to say after such a horrible like two years, but just in my line of work, it you know, um, it, it lended to get a bit more work because people just wanted to be uh entertained online. Definitely, I'd agree with you. Like, I've spoken to a lot of people and they said that throughout the whole lockdown, they've found good out of it. And like yourself, online the videos and the green screen, you benefited from it. Um, this, sure, if if if. You called me for this two or three years ago. We'd be saying, yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll do this whenever I'm in Kerry. Yeah, so we yeah. have to like, get a perfect date for me to be down in Kerry and then I'd come and do this. And now it's like, you know, even to this day when I'm doing radio stuff and it could be in Dublin and I'm only like 20 minute drive away, unless I want to go in, I just say, oh, I'll just do it in Zoom. And it's done on yeah. Zoom and it's perfect. So it's, it, a few good things have come out of it. People don't have to be in that very place to do a job now or to go and like, you know, for instance, let's just say you're driving to Dublin three years ago for an interview and you could be on the radio for 10 minutes. Yeah. You're driven 10 minutes hours, yeah. You know, so it, it, there has been some positives to it. Like exactly. Um, when you were posting up your, your first video and um, your first sketch, you were saying of that time when the fight was on and stuff, was there, there must've been some nerves there. How did you, before you click post for the very, very first video, you obviously didn't know how it would take off or anything. What was going through your head before? That's a great question, actually. Um, and it's something that I never really get asked that question, but uh, I talk about my heart racing. Like, I was just pressing post on this thing, like, oh, confirm post, put it up. And my heart was beating and blah, blah, blah. And then I, I fully expected it to go through the roof because the first video did really well and it didn't go through the roof at all. It, it got like 70 likes or something. And I was thinking it was going to get this, that and the other. And it got two or 3000 views. And I remember sitting down on the couch at home of Mullingar and I, I, I mentally gave up. I folded like a deck chair. I was like, Oh, this isn't for me. This isn't no, no, no. I was like, and then even though there was nobody there, no one looking at me, I was, I remember being like nearly scarlet on the couch, embarrassed that the video didn't do well. And I was like, oh, and whatever. I thank God I didn't take that approach because I initially was like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm putting myself yeah. out there, and, you know, and then the boys and being cool down the pub and all this kind of silly talk when you think about it now. Like, but uh, this kind of mental back and forth that's going on in your head. So, yeah, I was actually very much like that in the first video. And then I did another, I just decided a few days later, one of my mates, like, I'd have great friend like i still do have that great friend but at the time he helped me out a lot he was like no no no, we do another one and it was maybe on the sixth or seventh video that it actually took off again so i did a number of videos without it taking off i'll tell you the video actually that i that really helped me big time was i did it was just before ireland played sweden in the euros euros yeah 
And Keno, I did a video of Keen getting a hurl and going, and he tried to bait Slatan. So I had a chasing Slatan around my estate. I had the top off, and I was uh, chasing Slatan, looking to give him a belt at a hurl or whatever, like to take him out of match. And uh, that one kind of took off. So I was just getting trips and drabs and kind of drip feeded for a while, this kind of stuff. And some were getting a few views and some weren't. And I just kept going then, yeah. Um, I suppose I, I even know myself from from sharing my life online and like yourself. And I think anybody in the in the industry that's working online or posting on social media, did you did you get any negative um, feedback or even abuse in the comments and stuff? And if you did, how did you deal with that? Negative feedback? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> Online? Negativity? Uh, oh, geez, I got plenty. Plenty. And that was the thing. That was the thing I was kind of afraid of at the start. I was like, oh, are people going to think like I'm not cool or something? Like, again, like kind of immature thoughts like as you get older you realize um and i just wish there was someone there to tell me this at the time but i remember even when i started at joe i was getting a little bit of negativity on my own page though it wasn't too bad you'd only get the odd thing or the odd person write to you and tell you that you're crap or something like that you know or yeah you're not funny and listen that in all walks of life you can be rory mcelroy or you can be shane lowry or tiger woods you know someone's going to like give you abuse somewhere and say something to you but, Behind uh, an account with no profile picture or no name. You hit the nail on the head. I did a video for Cheltenham there. It's got about 600,000 views. And like, I wouldn't be that big on reading a lot of comments nowadays, but like my Twitter, like some of them come in and like, I'll just skim through them and just see like, like it's a bit like a review. You want to make sure the video is going well. So yeah, 99% of the comments are good. And there's about five comments there of fellas going, saying that I'm absolutely used. And the comment denominator is exactly what you just said there. Now, one of them have their own face as their profile picture. And one fellow was like, oh, this is cringy or whatever. And I was like, no, like I didn't reply because I wouldn't bother. But in my head, I'm like, no, you know what's cringy? Setting up an online profile yeah. and been that, lacking that much self-esteem or whatever that you put up a picture of somebody else and then lacking that much, like, I don't know, decency in you that you go abuse somebody and... You know, but like you know yourself, the way it is online, there's and but it's a very, very small chunk of people that do that. Like a very, I, very small. Fortunately, they're they can be the loudest. Yeah. But exactly. Yeah, I, I, when I worked in Joe, I remember I, I did one of my first videos and I put it up and I got loads of abuse. And it wasn't. There was actually plenty of abuse from people with faces on their profile and some people with not faces. People were really kind of because they had a big platform, and then I went down. Yeah. It was like, and they were like back at me saying, this guy's good and whatever. And at the time, so many impressions weren't that good. So I remember sitting at the desk and I was like, oh my God, I'm getting so much abuse. Is everyone seeing this? Like, is the boss seeing this? Is all this. The only way I could say that you handle it is uh, you just keep going and then you get used to the odd thing. Like, you know, I would three years ago, four years ago, maybe five, I suppose. I keep forgetting how long I'm doing this, but uh, I would take some of them really personally. But if you like, if I see something really negative now, like it just doesn't like I just read it and I read the next one and I read the next. It just doesn't. But also at the same time, all the good ones, I take them with a pinch of salt, too, in a sense where yeah. don't don't allow yourself to get too big headed or, you know, or to uh, how could you say allow your emotions to be brought up by all the praise people give you, because then you'll allow your emotions to be brought down by the criticism. Don't. It is nice I always to get lovely comments and I always appreciate all of them. But uh 
you just you know it's important as well just to keep your feet in the ground because you're only uh you know the, the old saying about getting a slap in the back you're a few inches away from a kick in the you know what so exactly and i think um i think some of the 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 i suppose the negative comments that i guess like like same as you know it's only a small minority of them i think um I think Twitter is the worst, and like I never, I never write back in the comments. I wouldn't give them the time of day, but like, if it's if they do it, and I see the same person doing it again, I DM them and I just say, "Come here." It doesn't affect me one bit, but you could, you could send that to somebody, and it could affect them. Like we've seen what happened with. There's so many examples out there, Caroline Flack and stuff. It might affect some people, but then you could send it to someone you know that could affect them and. Bring them that, down. That's a horrible thing. I only thought about this this morning. Um, I was just reading an article in the paper this morning about this type of thing. And it's like, you know, if you were in a nightclub and you started like shouting at the DJ and telling him he was crap at being a DJ and he was just like, you get thrown out. Yeah. You know, but you can go online and you can abuse this person and then say whatever. But the thing is, is that like I always say to myself or no, I, like what type of person does that? And someone said to me in America one day, they were like, do you think Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods is on YouTube or is on Twitter, like telling people they're crap? They're not like, yeah. like people who are successful and winners and they don't think like that. You know what I mean? And they like to see other people do well or whatever, and, you know, and especially in kind of my game and even what you do as well, like you're putting yourself out there. So when I see someone putting themselves out there, like you just have a, a certain degree of admiration for them because, you know, it's kind of not easy. You know, and uh, there's a lot of there's so many more perks to the job. Don't get me wrong, but like one of the neg- negatives about doing stuff, especially online, is that you are kind of open to that kind of abuse and you're open to that negative talk. But like obviously, everything that you went through in your life, like your mental strength, even for someone like me, is just incredible, man. It's it's like a different level. It's levels above any of that type of silly stuff. You know uh, how you've kind of. Uh, just lived your life and your reaction to the to, to your accident and stuff, man. It's it, it really is incredible. Like you're a massive inspiration to a lot of people. Appreciate that, man. Um, is there a certain a certain time that when you're posting on your videos, is there a certain time of say a day or a week, you know, the way you can view, you know, the analytics on online? Is there a certain time that I suppose is better for getting more views than another time? during the week or day do, do you know something uh when videos go well they go well when they go bad then my mother always says ah you put out at the wrong time <laughs> uh you know it's if the video if a video is good a video is good and it kind of the, the, some of that doesn't matter but i do have a time i like to put stuff out because i believe uh, and just over the years of posting stuff. Now, I don't post every day. Like, I could do one post every two weeks. I'm actually a little bit, like, less is more type of person uh, with content in my in my game. I don't want people to get sick of me. So I um, only when I think something's really good, I'll put it out. But I do like lunchtime or just around half 12 because people in the evenings are probably aren't as bored as they are during lunch. Yeah. Like, in lunch, you get your sandwich. You know, you get, you know, you go to the canteen or whatever. You're at work. You're at your desk, maybe, whatever. But you'll be on your phone. You'll be checking up on the news and you have a few minutes then during lunch to have a look at the video. So I kind of just throw it out before lunch and to get, uh, you know, good views. Now, the other side of that is if there's a football match at four o'clock and Man United are playing and I'm doing an all sketch, I'll probably put that out ASAP after the match because everyone's on Twitter. It's trending. 
and I'm just getting my uh, my video in while it's trending and it kind of just rides off the back of a lot of those like hashtag Ollie out, hashtag Ollie in. I know you've had a torment of a time the last... Ollie's <laughs> at the wheel. I'm still waiting to see that wheel. <laughs> we won't get into it. I'm a Liverpool fan. We won't, we won't fall out. <laughs> we won't. We won't. Not during this interview anyway. Um, in, um, do you find that what you do, is this, I suppose, is it natural... Is it natural talent that you can do it or is there actually, is there a certain amount of training or like training your voice for a new character? Uh, there's a lot of hours to put in and kind of discipline in a sense, but I don't think there's too, now there, certain people have a certain voice and it could be really deep so they can only do other deep voices. But like, if you think about how we learn how to speak, um, you have a Kerry accent because you grew up and this, you done this as a baby without thinking. You grew up around people that have a Kerry accent, that say things in a Kerry way. So you speak that way. I'm this, I speak this way because I'm from Mullingar and I grew up with a Midlands accent. Yeah. And I was born in, in London. I'll be talking like that, mate. You know what I mean? So it's like I just immerse myself in a voice and you listen with so much and try to like repeat, repeat, repeat what they're saying. I could I, I get, get the same video, video. Be 90 seconds long and I'll get that and listen to it maybe for could be anywhere from between two weeks and eight weeks depending on how hard it might be to get a voice but there's been times there like i do ruby walsh you know ruby kind of throws the lip up and he talks a bit like that and you know i think you know obviously kato star is probably the best horse you know i couldn't do him for diamonds go for ahead three months and then one day it just clicked it was one way and it just flipped tiger woods was the same i was walking around oh, 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 oh like this i couldn't get words out whatever and then one day i heard him saying in, in an interview a few times like yeah well it was uh, I thought I played well and it was pretty tough out there and well and tough and really good really good they were little words that I picked up on so I, I nailed them words down and so my obviously my first impersonation of anybody isn't uh, the best one because as I do it the more I do it the more it gets better it's like Lachnan at the start was like I think we're really good out there today and now it's like jeez I tell you now Kerry, Kerry definitely will win the All Ireland. I think Kerry are going to win Lee McCarthy. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> it, it, all, it, all, it all just gets better as you're doing them. So, um, but I, I wouldn't say it's natural talent. I think a lot of people can do accents, and if you just sit there long enough, you can do. There is something that when I say it's not natural talent, there is some degree. I obviously have something. I think I benefit as well from having a Midlands accent. It's very yeah, flat. yeah. One of the hardest accents for me, like, is is Kerry in Ireland. The Healy Rays. Down there with the Healy Rays, Mike. Would you believe I was uh, there? I was at Hall. I was practicing Michael there for a long time. And I, do, I just can't seem to get him too good. But, you know, I do a bit of Danny there. And Danny, you know, you can just cartoon Danny up and think, you know, you just show me on and on and that. Everyone loves the Healy Rays. I wish I could do them better. But because uh, they're so gas, like, they're brilliant. They are, yeah. We need more characters like them. One of your highlights of your career so far was shooting that ad with Tiger Woods. Like you were saying there, the few the few words you picked up on and even, I'd be right in saying you had the kind of bit of tape around the finger, the small little props and stuff. What was that experience like with Tiger? Was he was he chilled out or what was he like in person? Oh, he was so chilled out. I walked in. I was really nervous on the way over. I tell you how nervous I was. I was trying to think, like, do people call him? Because his name is Eldrick Tiger Woods. 
So like his nickname or middle name is Tiger. Yeah. Well, his name is Eldrick. So I was kind of going like, do maybe just his friends call him Tiger? Will it be cheeky if I call him Tiger? Am I supposed to call him Eldrick? I was asking the most stupid <laughs> questions. Like, but I uh, got over there anyway. I actually rode over in the car with Bryson DeChambeau. So I was asking Bryson these questions on the way over. Go ahead. Yeah, we got in then and Tiger was in there and he had a hat on backwards. He was sitting down in the chair. He was on his iPad. And I walked in. I was like, oh, well, Tiger, uh, what's the crack? And he was like, hey, buddy. And he's like, do me. Come on, do me, man. I, I want to hear this. Uh, so I was like, well, you know, I thought I played well today and uh, the conditions were really tough out there. And he looks over at one of the lads and he's like, damn it, man, he sounds just like <laughs> And uh, he literally put his arm around me or whatever. He was like, oh, dude, we're going to have a lot of fun today or whatever. And it was so cool. He was the soundest fella you could come across. Um, you know, just so, like he was asking me questions about like my parents, my brothers. We were telling him about how I got started. So we were telling him about the GA match. Because yeah. My cousin was it was a fight in a GA match, Tiger, right? The GA is kind of like a cross between, you know, uh, American football and, you know, rugby and all this kind of stuff. And Tiger's like, oh, cool, cool. So we were telling him about it. He actually said to me as well, he goes, I've seen some of your YouTube videos, do you do that guy? You got that that hat on your head? And I was like, oh, Butch Harmon. He goes, no, some, like, I think it's an Irish dude. I don't really understand it, but he was on a good jar like that. So, uh Ah, he was class. He was just a very, very cool fella, you know. Um, just, you know, they say never meet your heroes, but that certainly wasn't the case when I met Tiger. It is, it's, it's unbelievable even to, to think when you started out, you, you, you probably didn't think you'd get to this, to this level of meeting all these people. Um, I was watching a, an interview there the last day. It popped up on my YouTube about you're in with, um, was he Damon or something with Joe.ie? It was a, a one-on-one you were doing and you told him about the the story about you going over to America and you brought you did you they brought you into into the immigrations or customs or something do, do oh, you mind yeah. do you mind telling I, I, telling me a bit about that what happened there was I was heading over and like obviously you have your visa and everything else and she'd asked me what was I doing I went up and I it was after I will Disclaimer, I was after having two airport pints. So I was a little bit foggy when I got up there. And she asked me the question, what are you going to do when you're here in America? And I was like, uh, she just meant, what are you doing for work? And all I had to say was, I'm working for the Golf Channel. But I thought she meant, what are you going to do? And I was thinking, I don't know. Like, I'll see when I get there. Yeah. And she's like, excuse me, you see when you get, uh, what are you going to do? And I was thinking, like, what can you do in bloody Orlando? And I said, the words Disney World popped out of my mouth. Like, I don't know how that happened, but like, I was like, uh, so anything I could think of in Orlando, I was like, Disney World or something like, so she's like, you're going to Disney World? Oh, on your own. I was like, uh, no, like, as, so I got confused. She was like, you're coming in here. I ended up in there talking to the, to the, the officer and I thought I'd ruined the whole thing. I was like, oh my God, this guy, like he was asking me question after question after question. And I was trying to say to him, look, like I, I'm working for the golf channel. I do these impersonations, blah, blah, blah. So maybe 25 minutes past and I was talking to him and I thought my flight was kind of, the gate was going to be closed. Like I was only about maybe 20 minutes away from the flight. And uh, I said to him here, look, just give me my stuff. I'll go home. I was like, you know, I did nothing wrong here. I got confused and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, do you think you're funny? I was like, no. He says, well, I'm reading an article here and whoever wrote this article thinks you're funny. And I'm like, oh, like, what are you yeah, like I do, like I'm, that's what I'm saying. I do a bit of comedy, I do impersonations. And he's like, You do a, 
Tiger Woods. And I was like, uh, or it says here you do Tiger Woods. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do Tiger Woods. And so I was like, well, he says, do Tiger Woods. I'm like, what? Do Tiger Woods. So I do Tiger Woods. And then he asked me, can you do um, Rory McIlroy? And I was like, yeah, I do McIlroy as well. And, you know, a bit of, bit of Padraig Harrington. And then he goes, you know, you're Irish. You got to do McGregor, man. I was like, I do a bit of Conor McGregor. You know what I'm saying? And he says, you'd be doing me a big favor, mate, if you just let me in. You know what I mean? And uh, then... He asked me about Matthew McConaughey, or maybe I said it to him. I was like, I do Matthew McConaughey. And I was like, look, the first key to success in immigration is you got to stay relaxed, man. That's what I'm talking about. We're just sitting on this golf ball. We call her traveling around the sun 3,000 miles an hour. Now, my flight's about to leave in about 15 minutes. So if you could just hand me my passport and let me catch that plane, I said, that would be all right, all right, all right. Uh, he was like, go on. <laughs> That's a, that's amazing that story. It got you it got you out of a hole, didn't it? it did, yeah, doing impersonations. That's I'm sure. I wonder. I always laugh. I kind of think there was a person behind me getting ready to talk to him. I wonder <laughs> did they just rock up and start doing impersonations? Did I be try? Did I be try? Mind you, um, <laughs> you you've met a a good few of your um the people you impersonate in person. Um, I seen you done the one on one with Jose Mourinho and Joe Brawley and stuff. Are are people always cool with you doing doing them or have you have you met a few that that aren't so happy that you were doing them? Uh, not yet. Like uh everyone that I've done is grand. Davy Fitz one night when I did him down in um Kildare, I was a little bit iffy as to whether he liked it. Yeah. Uh, like oh you know, if people are laughing, they're laughing. So fair play to him, fair play to him. <laughs> so it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. And I was like, oh. So I don't know if he was a big fan. But everyone else, Gerlach Nam was so cool. Like, he was obviously, to me, obviously, meeting Tiger and all that is unbelievable. But uh, probably the meeting Loch Nan, just for me, just growing up in the GA, was, I always, like, just wanted to talk to him and see what he was like. And he was just so cool. He was like, hey, you're making a right show of me. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> what was Mourinho like? Class as well. You know, the boys were pretty nervous. When I was going to do that one, they were very nervous because Mourinho was, he was actually about three days away from getting sacked. Okay. Which we now know, like, but like at the time, everybody expected him to get yeah. the, the, the sacked from Tottenham. So his mood wasn't like overly cheerful when he came in uh, and they made him like, they were like, we're going to do your interview first because we want to put him in a good mood. We don't want to drag him around and make him sign everything and take all the photographs and do all the mundane stuff that he's ready to just leave then, you know? Yeah. So like, we do the fun bit first. Something was wrong with the connection or something. And then they were like, really nervous. They were like, oh, make sure you don't say this and don't say that. And I was like, just trust me. I know he likes it. People have told me he really enjoys the impersonation. And they were like, are you sure? Are you sure? I was like, trust me. I know for a fact he watches the videos. Like some, uh, I was, a couple of guys in England had sent me on messages like from, from him and stuff. And uh, he sat down and he was absolutely 100%. He was brilliant. He was so cool. Like he just couldn't meet a nicer, uh, a nicer guy. He was like, I think your impersonation of me is very special. I think so. I think if you called me as me, I would think it is me. I would think it is me. So that was a nice, uh, that was a nice confidence booster. And I was raging then because when he did get the sack, he's gone to Italy. So, like, I don't have that much content now with Jose. I'm absolutely raging because he's probably my most accurate impression in soccer. Uh, I probably can't do anyone as good as I can do him. Who'd so, be your favorite? Um, who'd be your favorite character to do across across all of them, all of the the people? 
100% of your jollof now. Absolutely, sure. you can't bear a bit of jollof. Eh? <laughs> I love Joe Brawley's one when you, when you were... I um, like yeah, I love Brawley. Brawley is... Uh, he's become a good old pal of mine now, I have to say. He's class man of Joe. I, I, a great old time from... Um, but uh, who else is there? Yeah, I've just, I, I, thankfully, like I've met a lot of them. Rory was dead sound. Shane, Lowry, dead sound. Like, you know, I think like I try to like stay. There's a line there between yeah. impersonating and being probably a bit nasty. And Taking the risk. Yeah, yeah. And some people might criticize me for it, whatever. But I like to divvy in around the line of we're just having a laugh here. So yeah. when the person I'm doing responds and they like it. It's a good thing. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm delighted with that. Like at the end of the day, I'm not here to make anyone feel bad. Like this is all just a bit of crack and it's, yeah. I'm doing it. it's all coming from a spirit of affection. I'm doing most people from that spirit. Like, um, like I remember I did a Michal Martin video and uh, I did a, a video there was for the, the, the hospice center. And I did it, uh, it was about a coffee morning in order to raise money for charity. And uh, I sent it over to the hospice and they were like, thank you so much for that. And I was like, oh, no problem at all. Anything to help. And then I'm sitting like on the couch, but a week later, and it's like me, Hall Martin tags you in a post on Twitter. You like, serious? Well, and I'm like, this is obviously someone that has me, Hall Martin's name. I go in then and me, Hall has tweeted up the video of me doing him. Uh, so that was crazy. But, uh, you know, so that's, I don't know. I, I love all that. I, lo I love when I can meet someone and, you know, we can have a laugh at it. And, you know, if I do them and there's a crowd there, everyone has a bit of a laugh. And I think most people, the vast majority of people have thick skin. And, you know, that's that's always good for me, I think. I think if, if I'm enjoying doing it, they're enjoying listening to it and people are enjoying listening to it, like I think everybody wins. So, Did you ever, um, did you ever do any prank calls to anybody? I did, yeah. Years ago, I, I pranked a lad um, pretending to be Joseph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was a good soccer, really, really good soccer player. So I, we had called him first and said to him that like, uh, like one of Jose's staff or something would be calling him from Chelsea. This is around 2005 or so, in around that time. And uh, so I call him then and we have a UK phone number. We've got a SIM card. One of the lads was over in the UK. So we had a UK SIM. So I call him off this number and I'm like, hello, Patrick. Is uh, Jose Mourinho? He's like, oh, Jose, what was the crack? I was like, oh, um, thank you yeah, for taking the call. He's like, I, I didn't expect you to be on the call. I was like, look, we want you to uh, to come to Chelsea to play. I think you are a very good striker. I think you could do a great job. I do. I think so. I think so. He's like, oh, geez, like I'm a big fan, you know. And he was saying like he's a big fan of Chelsea, and he was a Man United fan as well. So he's lying. To Boy. Chelsea. <laughs> 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 and I was like. I think you are so good. We've seen you, big target man. We have Drogba, you know. I think you could be very good. You could learn a lot from Drogba. And we're having this conversation back and forth. Now, when we're recording this, like, you know, he was a pal of ours or whatever. And it's just, I didn't do them that much back then. So no one knew I kind of had this in my locker a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was giving it to him. And at the end of it, then I says, okay, we want you to come training next uh, Sunday, I think. And, uh, and I used to do this all the time to different people. I used to be like, yeah. And bring like two bottles of vodka, you know, pack of cigarettes or something. We'll go out after, you know, it'll be a good time. And then at that point, they realized they're like, oh, F you or whatever. They'd be giving me stick then. They'd know it was me. But I did it. I did it to a few Westmead lads as well years ago. The football. The football, yeah. The football panel. They brought in a load of um, 
we got a new manager and it was like a few years after party we're trying to get back to that level or it was like a transitional period after like a really great team so they started saying right we're going to just bring in loads of players and have a massive panel and let's see let's everyone just fight it out for a place and uh, so everyone was getting a phone call so I was ringing lads like that in fairness we're never going to get phone calls yeah and I would like do that to them and tell them they were called up and then I would like lay a joke at the end of it so they'd know it was a joke yeah but there was one lad I did it to and he didn't actually take the joke at the end of it at all I was telling Boy. him I was a hairdresser or whatever as well I was like yeah br- I was like yeah, yeah bring uh, bring a scissors there and stuff and the, the, the blade cutters and sure you might cut a few hairs for the managers after will you and uh, should bring a couple of cans as well and should we chat to you Sunday and like he just didn't bite he just went off the phone and I was like we were all laughing and all of a sudden then my brother was on the panel at the time and he just came home and he was like you wouldn't believe who was on the panel so he gave me the name and I was like no way he he came that Sunday at the end the manager was like who's here who did not call out and your man puts his hand up uh, are you baby. serious <laughs> he went training but he actually made it past the first two cuts I swear to god he made it past the first two cuts we couldn't believe it um, now he knows uh, we got we knocked obviously great crack out with him like you know but like I just thought he knew it was like we were joking oh, nice. maybe he did but he, he rocked up anyway he loved his football but uh that was gas, yeah. And he made so, it through the first the, two cuts. Yeah, he made it through the first two cuts. He was on the West, he was on the Westmead panel, so he can always say for the rest of his life, I played for Westmead. And hopefully he will thank me. I don't know if he does, but... <laughs> he might thank you, but he might forgive you. <laughs> um, before we finish up, I just wanted to, to ask you, you've obviously played in a load of venues in, in Ireland and in America and stuff. Has there been one venue... Or like one standout moment that you've played in, and is there a dream venue that you'd like to play in? Uh, I the dream venue would be like the Three Arena. Yeah, and that's probably somewhere where I want to go up my stuff now, centre it back more in Ireland. I do a lot of stuff internationally. I do Formula One now. I do golf. I do soccer. So like, I travel a lot for work. Uh, but I'm now like get to a stage where I've done a lot of travelling, and I'm a little bit like. I don't like I still love doing it love traveling but I do want to live in Ireland so I'm like I want to focus more on the GA stuff this year and I'd love to do the tree arena yeah um, I'd love to do that like obviously that's years off you'd want to be very big in Ireland to be able to pull off the tree arena it's a lot of tickets Um also I suppose another dream venue is the Olympia like uh, yeah the Olympia and Vicker Street hopefully there's something there soon Um yeah, they're just iconic venues. When I go to them and I see like the pictures of people up on the wall, I always think like, geez, I'd love to, you know, be able to say, hey, I do this venue a bit like, uh, who knows? Maybe one day I'll sell out Crow Park. 82,000 people. Never know, boy. But yeah, I did do stuff in Vicker Street one night with the two Johnnies and I absolutely loved that venue. See, a lot of my stuff in terms of venues, I do a lot of after dinner talks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're probably some of them are big venues, some of them are small venues. But like I have, have not done a show, Connor Moore myself. But hopefully there's possibly something coming down the line with that now uh, in the next year or so. That's the aim. Before we go, give us one Donald Trump. You know what? Uh, thank you so much. I mean, it's so wonderful. I'm a big fan of Kerry. I think Kerry is one of the greatest, greatest football teams in the Premier League. I do. I think Clifford. I mean. People talk about Messi. I think Clipper is the greatest soccer player in the world. I think he's wonderful. 
And, you know, I really do. Next week is St. Patrick's Week. And it's or this week, I should say, is St. Patrick's Week. St. Patrick is a wonderful friend of mine, a great guy. And I'm looking forward to eating a lot of shamrock, a lot of shamrock. So thank you for having me. Ian, you are a wonderful man. Thank you so much. Uh, Connor, I'd say my mouth is going to be smiling for the rest of the, the, rest of the day. Um, uh, I really appreciate you popping on and delighted to have um, have the chat with you because I've obviously watched you for, for the last number of years and I appreciate you coming on. So thanks very much. Ian, uh, an absolute pleasure. Uh, I, I don't think anyone will ever forget your Late Late Show interview. It's one of the most memorable interviews I've ever seen on the Late Late. You're an incredibly inspiring fella and I just wish you all the best and thanks a million for having me. It's an honour. Thanks, William Connor, and happy St. Patrick's Day for, for, for Thursday. Now, unfortunately, that's all we have time for tonight. I hope you all enjoyed the show, and I appreciate you tuning in. If you have any requests for next week's show, you can contact me through my Instagram, enoconnell321, or through my email address, ioconnell at radiocarry.ie. I hope you're all having a great week, and have a great day tomorrow, whatever you get up to if you're going to go and watch the parade or staying at home. Don't go anywhere, Brian Priestley is up next with That's Jazz. I'll be back at the same time next week from 8 to 9pm. Until then, stay safe and mind yourself. You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry 96.3.